Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gill, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Yeah! To the Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. Hey, before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about a couple of our partners. These are some of the folks that help us keep the podcast going, and they have some exclusive discounts just for our listeners. If you're a subscriber of our YouTube channel, you already know how I love to display my kicks when I'm not rocking them. My friends at Sneaker Throne make sneaker display cases featuring customizable LED lights, drop side cases to showcase the entire side of your shoe, not just the heel or the toe. And they just released their new hat throne for those that collect fitteds or snapbacks like myself. To me, it's the perfect way to display your collection, whether it's kicks, hats, or both. You can save 10% on your Sneaker Throne order by using the code history at sneakerthrone.com. That's history at sneakerthrone.com. Now, if you're a Patreon supporter or a member of our Discord community, you already know about Kicks with V Hot Sauce and his small batch locally sourced hot sauce. V has been one of the biggest supporters of the Sneaker History podcast since the early days, and his hot sauce has been a huge hit with the community. V has two new flavors that just dropped, Habanero Coffee and Chipotle Ginger. My mouth is actually watering just talking about them. He's giving an exclusive discount to our podcast listeners. The first 50 people to use the code SNEAKERHISTORY10 will save 10% on their order from kickswithvhots.com. That's sneakerhistory10 at kickswithvhots.com. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast or becoming a partner with the community, get in touch with us. You can reach us by email at podcast at sneakerhistory.com. Or better yet, tell some of your favorite brands they should be sponsoring our podcast. All right, enough business. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sneaker History Podcast. I'm Robbie, here with my two dudes, Rowan and Mike. How's everybody doing? Doing great, Robbie. Just, you know, living that best life in sunny... Actually, it's not sunny. It's overcast Portland. <laughs> Mike, how about you? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, not sneaker-related, but we just got another Spider-Man trailer, so I'm about uh, as, as happy as a uh, kid in a candy shop at this point. We need a good Spider-Man movie after the lackluster lackluster Eternals movie. I won't go into any spoilers, but we need a we need, we need a hot one. We have a hot episode today, so let's keep that same energy. We have a hot. Actually, it's kind of cinematic of an episode. We're gonna go through some of our favorite sneaker commercials. We actually plan on having this be like a long-standing series for us because there's so many good commercials. We had to stop and think, limit, filter, forget, so many. But uh, before we dive all the way into that, we haven't done a rocket and coppin. Has anybody been wearing any shoes recently? I mean, I've been wearing my Pegasus, I think, 38 Missouri Team Edition, just because those are beaters and those are fantastic beaters because they can really handle whatever an overcast Portland throws our way. 
Nice. And what you what you uh, trying to trying to cop, man? Anything out there? Okay, it's not shoe related, but the Sony gods gave me the blessing to cop a PlayStation Five today. So I finally got around Ooh. to do what so many of our peers, including one Robbie over there, have done, which is cop a PS Five. So now I'm eagerly anticipating. And then the other good bit of news is we just had an offer on a house that we liked accepted. So your boy might be on the move. Nice. Big boy moves. I see you. Big, big boy cops. This, we, we like to get all these big life events in bunches, so then we have a half a decade of boredom. <laughs> Knock on wood. Famous last words. Mike, how about you? What are you rocking? What are you copping? Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm rocking the ultimate lazy man shoe, and that is going to be the, uh, the sock dart. I had to go to a grocery store, so it was easy to throw on. Was this from? You mean the shock movie? fart? The shock fart, <laughs> yes. From 2015, and it's still holding strong, man. I'm pretty happy about this one. And, um... Coppin, assuming it gets here any point in the near future, but I cop the uh, the Para Air Max one in the noise aqua color. Uh, had to man, it was I got it for a really good price, and uh, I sold something too, so it made it even easier. So it should be here eventually. So I'm really stoked about that one. I still don't like that shoe, but I got this hat by them. P A R R A. It's like in the cat. So maybe I'll get a pair of <laughs> shoes from them one day. I would like the dunks, I think, the Olympic dunks. But uh, I've been rocking the what the fives. I had to actually bring both feet because they're so different. Um, <laughs> what's funny is I sold my Raging Bull fives thinking this would satisfy my urge. And now I wish I still had those Raging Bulls. Um, the Jake Go get them. Sad man. I mean, what's funny is the Nike outlet over by Rhodes current place. They had fire red fives, but no sizes bigger than eight and a half. They had raging bulls, no size bigger than a nine. And then they had like those electric green sixes. Biggest size was an 11. So I was like, ah, not meant to be. The sixes weren't for me anyway, Wait. but both of those fives, I really How wish. How much were the sixes? It's retail. I mean, everything was retail, I think. Oh, I found a below retail on Goat. I really like that six for some reason. It just speaks no, to me. No, it's great. But I found a below retail. I don't wear enough sixes, man. I wore a lot of fives, fours. I have sixes. I've owned a lot of sixes. I've now sold more sixes than I own currently. So I'll stay away from that one for a little bit. Um, Smart move. What I did buy recently, I went through these in the latest episode of Inside My Closet. It's the Ivory Snake, man. It's such a simple, dumb. Well, I I say dumb because it's literally just a white Air Force One with some snaky snaky on the heel tab and the check. But it works so well. Like, I just love, I have a late life appreciation for Air Force Ones. I never wore them growing up. I still, I want to say up until probably three years ago, four years ago, I wouldn't mess with like a white Air Force One in any fashion. I still don't like mm-hmm. an 07. That's that's not the shoe for me at this point. There's too many other shoes. But like a well done, like like this killer it it breaks my heart because i could have bought these for retail when they came out and i didn't um i only paid 150 so it's not that bad um and i could have had the rockefeller air force ones i remember distinctly my friend texted me like hey they're still on this website a week later i was like no i'm good i really don't like them that much and now i was like wish i had those what are you doing man even though what what we do is wrong i mean honestly that's a little too low that's a little too much like an 07 so that's why I didn't buy it. It's it's a it's a it's a white Air Force One with a with a Rockefeller you know record 
I think it's just a collection piece. It is. Something like you said, you, some things look pretty on shelves. I know it's just a white Air Force One, but it's one of those kind of moments in time that you can just kind I of mean, look and say, you know what? I got that one. Unintentionally hitting you here with some like low key sneaker news. I've spoken to some people about the certified lover boy Air Force Ones and that shoe might not ever come out. And I'm not, I'm not just saying this. It's not for any like public reasons, like hype or anything. Making the hearts instead of stars is extremely difficult to quality control, like extremely, extremely hard to quality control. So I've heard from a couple of different sources that like that shoe is probably going to be like a a one-off unicorn because they cannot consistently produce it to a level that like Nike wants to release. So who knows? It could be smoke in the air, but I've heard a couple people who may or may not be Nike employees lament that where there's that the outsole is difficult <laughs> to replicate. No, so, I was going to say, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I usually trust the Woodward and Bernstein of the sneaker game, which is one Robbie. So thank you for that heads up. I was just going to say this. I see that shoe and kind of because we were discussing that era in hip hop, all I get is big timers still fly vibe. Where it's like gator boots, which <laughs> I'm surprised that hasn't been turned into a country western song. But, you know, there's still hope. We still got Give it time. so many years in this century. All you have to say is big timers and everybody knows what song it is. You could have a quarter take a gas in your LC class. It, it doesn't matter. Um, See, I mean, that and Bougetto, to me, are the class-blurring songs of that era. So <laughs> many good ones. What's even better is that actually does, in a way, segue to what we're actually going to be talking about. Um, there is a point, not so much now, because we have Instagram and TikTok, and we all sell each other everything. No brand has to pay big commercial money to sell us. We do it to ourselves. There used to be a heavy, heavy influence, like a literal influence between, I would say more a crossroad than influence between hip hop, commercialism and sneakers in the sense of you had the biggest, baddest athletes, NBA players at the time with some heavy hitting rappers (laughs) setting the stage to sell some sneakers for a big brand. And that sounds sarcastic because it kind of is. But they've also stuck with me now for 15, maybe 20 years, depending on the commercial. So kudos to that, you know, peas and carrots like unity of hip hop music and shoe commercials. It was a beautiful time. Um, they just be hyperizing. I'm actually going to they do. See, yeah, they'd be hyperizing. That wasn't even so much a musical. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll say that commercial for when we do a second one. We don't need to allude to more. Um, I'm actually going to start off, though, with mine because it. It, it keeps tying in. Uh, one of my favorite commercials of all time is the T Mac 3 by Adidas that features clips. I'm worried about all these kids coming straight into the league and not getting an education. They'll be fine. I'll be taking on the school every night. What happened to that boy? The Clips episode, man. I almost call it an episode because there were so many good T-Mac commercials year after year. It kind of was like just one installment after the other. Clips, you know, who doesn't like Pusha T? A young Pusha T, an extremely young Pusha T, selling the T-Mac 3, T-Mac ever so cocky, 
And that was kind of a running theme throughout all of his commercials, like the confidence that he's going to give it to you every single night, unless his back has something to say about it, which was frequent. But throughout the commercial, giving you the the teacher vibe, he's saying like, oh, don't worry about your kid. If he's not going to college to get an education, I'm going to take him to class every single night, something like that. You just saw the commercial, but just like so yeah. quintessential, you know, like early 2000s. Um, baggy everything really dark which is such a fun episode and a great pair of shoes i love that pair no i think that's a solid solid commercial i watched it when you sent it back over i hadn't seen it in so long and um yeah i wish they made more commercials like that i mean i'm just they made more commercials i guess in in general but that's a solid one i'm always a big fan of clips and push the t so and t mac was uh, one of my all-time favorites especially when he played here in houston so can't go wrong there. Yeah, I mean, I think that is the one player I almost always revert to old man shouting at Cloud the most about when I talk to the young cats of this generation where you guys have your James Harden and great. I'd still take T-Mac over him all day, any day. There's just a fluidity and smoothness to his game. If I can be so bold and to do a cross-sport comparison, I always try to figure out who was Thierry Henry most like. Was he more like Kobe Bryant or uh, Tracy McGrady? In this particular instance, I'm going to say he's Tracy McGrady because there was just that smoothness and a refinement to their game, whereas Kobe was just ruthless. And sometimes there really can't be a ruthlessness and a smoothness to something, but T-Mac was probably the best amalgamation of that. So... That's a great call up by you. And then I forgot that we had a clips commercial with Reebok before the Damian Lillard, or sorry, before Adidas with Damian Lillard. So thank you for putting me on game yet again, Robbie. Is that person you brought up a soccer player? I don't know who. Yes, he is. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and use that to talk about your soccer Perfect. commercial? And I will use that as a segue <laughs> because if some of you guys may remember, the 1998 World Cup was in France where Thierry Henry was, I believe, a player on the team. I can't remember if he started or not. But for me, that first commercial or spot that really cap- captured my eye was the Brazilian national team embarking towards France from Brazil and Nike had filmed a whole commercial around it. And that's where we got to see the beautiful game aspect of football or soccer. And that's where I think is the perfect combination of that Nike ideology of there's going to be humor in our spots. I think what Adidas does a little bit better than Nike is they really dramatize everything. Nike leans a little bit more into self-deprecating humor where almost every memorable Nike spot has a humorous tinge to it that we all can't overlook because it's so essential that to the commercial spot. But what made it so interesting to me was the fact that it wasn't a showcase for just one athlete. It was literally the entire team. And you could figure out, okay, Romario is on this team. He does this really well. Ronaldo is LeBron James, uh, James of his day, meaning he can kind of do it all. And then you even get to see that next generation. So we saw glimpses of Ronaldinho. We got to see the wonder of a Roberto Carlos free kick. And it was just something that, in my mind put in a ability to connect to a sport that I previously couldn't figure out. I knew that the World Cup was a big deal every four years, but I never understood why it was such a big deal. And I could see the beauty of their game in that commercial. And that's how I slowly became a fan. Oh, 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 oh,
Yeah, this is crazy. Have I never seen this before? Oh, it's considered one of their iconic ones. I can see why. Like whole thing through the airport, yep. Uh, through the crowds. I mean, this is this is a solid commercial, and I'm like I'm literally watching it in real time. So, no, it's pretty pretty good. And then they again make fun of the the posting the shot at the end. Yep. Uh, good stuff, man. I like that one. Well, Mike, what, what's yours? I mean, you have one that has a a direct movie tie-in. Yeah. So we're talking about the uh, the Adderose Zero. Uh, one uh, commercial with Ken Jong where uh, it was a slim chin where he's like all gold, everything gold mansion. He's talking about how he got rich because he was fast and it's really playing off on how fast that D Rose is and how fast the D Rose one can make you because of things like the sprint and frame and how light the shoe was. Um, definitely one of the, I saw that commercial and I think I was, Oh man, I was still in college, but I can't remember what year it was, but I definitely bought that shoe. Um, Sick freaking shoe. I love that the D-Rose one. D-Rose, again, one of my favorite players. But going back to – this might be one of the few you know, really funny commercials that Adidas was doing as opposed to some of the more dramatic ones we've seen with, you know, like T-Mac and, you know, everyone else. So this was a cool one. I think this one was probably one of the last great uh, – in that last batch of great commercials for sneakers that was out. What up, world? Slim chin up in chill. You think I got this crib, solid gold jet ski, and a caviar pool by being slow? Think again. Time's up. I got all this because I'm fast like my dude D Rose and a super light rose kick by Adidas. Get his shoot. You get freaky first step too. Freaky like my lady pyramid. Nice. That's nice. Get faster at YouTube.com. It was like 09 to 2011-ish. They also had Dwight Howard. And one of them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he has this whole thing where it has like five or six watches on his wrist. Like he's such an eccentric mm-hmm. actor that anything he puts his energy on just skyrockets. And, and <laughs> the D Rose one is fantastic. This D Rose doesn't have the charisma of Dwight Howard. So it's just like him and Dwight were also great together. But the whole like fast don't lie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and but see, I'll slightly disagree. I think D Rose's charisma—he was kind of Kawhi before Kawhi in the sense that he was a killer. He almost doesn't lean into it the same way Kawhi does because I think Kawhi is almost too self-aware now, so it kind of borders on co- uh, corny. But man, <laughs> those initial D Rose things—to your point, Robbie—there is kind of this awkwardness about him. But then he kind of leans into it and becomes this crazy-eyed killer. And one other special shout out for me is the Bull commercial where he's literally acting like a bull in a bullfighting ring against a bullfighter. Yeah. And I was just like, this is literally the dumbest, but also the best thing ever. So yes. <laughs> big fan of D Rose and his commercials. I'm sure he will be returning in some other installment of this legacy episode. Yes. We kind of want to start, get, start getting on the ropes, um, on the ropes. Like we're trying to pin it down. Now trying to, trying to get on wax <laughs> old school. Um, you know, my next one here is, I'm going to stick with Tracy, right? Because he was just so formative. And I think that's what makes any of these important. Like you referring back to 1998, Mike going back to his college years. I have to go back to my childhood, the T-Mac 5. And this one was really special because T-Mac was hurt a lot. And the 5 was right after the 4. If you can count, you know that. But why that's important it's because the T-Mac 4 is where he scored the 13 points in 33 seconds. That's what he was wearing. 
So when they sold the team act five and in this commercial, it's narrated by a kid, you know, like breaking down like a, honestly a made up see it's it's very made up sequence t-max being double team triple team quadruple team helicopters <laughs> coming down to try to stop them you know the uh, the court's on fire stuff like All that the fans and it just really taps into the imagination of a kid which i was a kid at the time and then i remember specifically watching that 13 points in 33 seconds in my living room so all of that just kind of came together and made for a really important commercial the four wasn't the most wearable T-Mac shoe. The five kind of flipped that back into a very wearable shoe. I would say the T-Mac five is probably one of the more slept on basketball shoes of all time, but we'll save that conversation for another day. seconds left. T-Mac hits a foul shot. No, no, no. It was home. 15 seconds oh, left. Hey, man. All right. T-Mac hits the foul shot. Pop. Then he gets the ball back. And they double him. No, they triple him. But he cuts through them. Dumps. And grabs a stack of quarters off the backboard. Clock is ticking. He steals the inbound and goes sideline. They try to stop him, but he's on fire. Gets to the arc. Turns. Drains it. It starts raining. Not yet, it doesn't. Seconds left. They bring it up. T-Mac rips the guard. Like an animal. Three seconds left. He heads up court. The whole stadium's against they him. They try everything. He needs a three, though. He needs a three. But T-Mac rises above it. Elevates. Shoots. Left-handed. Bam! <laughs> then it starts raining. <laughs> yeah. That's what happened. I mean, like I said, this is going to turn into Tracy McGrady Appreciation Hour, but everything that man did just had a refinement and a coolness to it that we haven't seen almost since. And it is one of those things that I wonder, with his snubbing uh, within the NBA's top 75, is he kind of this generation's Dominique Wilkins, where all those that saw him, swore by him, said he was the truth, so with all apologies to that Celtic that we don't like on this podcast. But, man, I am always here for the mythology of Tracy McGrady being exposed to a new generation. And if we can do that through both Mike and Robbie's memories and these commercials, then I'm all for it. The next episode, I can call them episodes, and this one truly is an episode, is one of Rhodes' favorite the Animal Kingdom, which did release in an episode yes. format. Go ahead and tell us about that. 
So this is a really interesting one because for a lot of us, when we kind of talk about commercials from our heyday, we have this one explicit image of Earl Boykins, all five foot three of him or five foot six. I can't remember. And he is compared to one of those poisonous dart frogs that you see in the Amazon. And there's very spooky narration. It's almost as if it's nature videos gone horribly wrong with the macabre sense of humor. But the thing was, we could never figure out what it was trying to advertise. And then as I kind of did some more digging, I realized there were sister spots or brother spots. There's LeBron as a lion, which makes sense. Dirk Nowitzki was an eagle. Rasheed Wallace was a fire. And the San Antonio Spurs, speaking of which, hi, Mike, were a group of piranhas. And it was one of those things that I thought this was probably as much of an introduction to the league. And maybe this is meant for a foreign audience, because I think we all have our preconceived notions, ideas, biases towards the NBA and its stars at a given time. But this was almost the perfect way to bring in a brand new audience. So it was spooky. It was everything that's not supposed to be for a commercial, because... Usually a great commercial lets you know what's being sold within the first 10 seconds of it. These clips were almost 10 years too early because none of them lasted more than 15 seconds. So they fit perfectly in that TikTok era. And there was just a vague creepiness about them that really resonated with me. So Look at that little fella. He's got enough poison in him to kill an elephant. That's right. Those eyes, they pierce their target from miles away and kill. Without mercy, there is no urge more powerful than hunger. It will devour you. thing you can do is give it room to breathe. 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 When you think it's over, remember this. It hasn't even begun. I remember the LeBron Lion one, him chasing down like in the basketball court, which was a, a prelude to what he would do yes. later on in his life. Oh, shit. Yeah, I vaguely remember that one. My next commercial I'm going to bring up is going to be the Kobe system for, you know, the, the Kobe 7. And probably one of the most memorable commercials in recent history. Uh, we have all these different stars from uh, Aziz Ansari, you had Serena Williams, and of course, Kanye West in the, uh, in the video. And probably the most memorable one is you know kobe speaking in cryptic tones to to kanye and kanye losing his mind because he just doesn't know how to be better in kobe's eyes so um again in that last era of great commercials this one really is probably one that not only the sneakerhead is going to know but you know somebody who just watches sports would probably just know this commercial how much more do you want from me more how much more successful do you want me to be more successful how many records can my records break more records but but i'm the best but are you a different animal and the same beast what the does that mean kobe bryant you're welcome what the is he talking about 
Aziz the classic. Oh, no, I mean, I also think there is something humorous about Kanye West looking very serious and saying, what the fuck does that mean, Kobe Bryant? Because that may have been that first inkling that <laughs> Kanye is a little bit wired differently than most of us. And I think to your point, Mike, it's almost a yearbook of a commercial because at that given moment, you had literally the 10 or was it the 10? Because I think it was celebrating. the. Oh, no, it was the six. You had six of the most popular people on the world. So it's a living, breathing snapshot of what was hot in that particular moment in time. And those similar to that quality I talked about where the best commercials let you know right off the bat what you're being sold. Mm -hmm. The best commercials also give us that nostalgic memory of, okay, where were we when we saw that commercial for the first time? Why did it resonate for yeah. us? So I think that was a Don Draper special in a sense because it's yep. such a memorable commercial. It was actually the Kobe 7. So 7. Um, but yeah, so I mean, this, Seven, yeah. the shoe being a system and many different facets to it, the commercial having many different facets to it also was very cool. Um, there's movie <laughs> posters. There's like, it's a lot of cool stuff from that time. So mm -hmm. I'm actually going to keep it Kobe for my last one here. And Kobe going viral, I would say probably one of the earliest viral videos. I think of Charlie bit me and I think of Kobe by jumping over and Aston Martin in his hyperdunks. <laughs> Uh, Rory Tier, um, yeah, mm -hmm. Torioff is in that video with them. Uh, laces him up, mm -hmm. gestures towards off camera, have the car go by him, and then uh, a gunmetal gray Aston Martin zooms by him. Later on, we'd have a Kobe 5 and Aston Martin pack, I mean, maybe released in House of Hoops LA or like P. I mean, I don't even think that thing released or it did in a very limited fashion. Uh, I just know they're very hard to acquire and damn near impossible now with the Kobe shortage going on. But um, I want to say that spot that used to be in Staples Center got that shoe. Uh, it was like where LA Live is. I'm definitely rambling off right now, but there was a, a sneaker spot there by Nike. Um, who knows? But it's super rare and super fun times and a very early viral moment. All right, do not try what I'm about to attempt right now. I don't think you should do it. It was definitely one of those first things that I can remember where I'm like, hey, what's I need to see this commercial. What's the best way to do it? Oh, YouTube. That's interesting. And yeah, like that, the Ronaldinho commercial were kind of my entries into YouTube. And then I realized, hey, all these nerdy things I care about, like highlights and commercials, somebody's going to put them on this one central location and I can watch them endlessly and I no longer have to tape for commercials, which was interesting. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's part of the the changing landscape of what we how we consume things and and when it comes to media. So, yeah, man, that was a I love that commercial. That one along with the uh, was the Jackass commercial when he's jumping over the pool of like I don't know what it was was it piranhas or whatever maybe, but those were uh, yeah, I think the Black Mambas, right? 
that's what it was. The Black was a short. Uh, yeah, the Black Mambas. Yeah, that was. Uh, those are two awesome commercials. I remember those like vividly. So, nah, solid pick there. This is crazy. So we saw you jump the Aston Martin, Kobe, and I mean it was all right. But what'd you have really to lose on that one? You get hit by a car, right? Miss a few games, yeah. big deal. Yeah. I mean, Jack Garcia. You know. Yeah, I mean, we got to have fun, Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I just swallowed snake skin. <laughs> no way, go, 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 go. I think I've got next, and I will use the segue of annoying slash scary creatures to bring up my final pick for the episode, which was a tennis commercial. And I really, I know that a certain generation of sneakerheads grew up with the Agassi shoe and the Agassi lifestyle. I think Mike and myself and Robbie are probably from that next generation where if we did pay attention to tennis, it was Roger Federer. And obviously there are the Jordan links with the AJ3, if I remember. But this particular commercial, Mike and I were kind of watching this a couple times to try to identify what product it was looking at. It was the Finger Trap Free 5.0. But what was so great about this commercial was it took that tennis skill set that Roger Federer has mastered and applied it to a setting that none of us ever thought, which was in this case the mundane task of killing a housefly. And you can see all the different tennis moves, mannerisms, and he still maintains that elegance and grace that he has always had, regardless if it's on clay, if it's on grass, if it's on AstroTurf, because wherever you put Roger Federer, he's going to make that sport look so refined and heavenly that you often wonder like man are we the same species are we even playing something that's <laughs> remotely similar but i'll digress mike tell me because you are my senior te- uh, tennis correspondent on this <laughs> podcast what did you make of that no same thing man it's just like you get to see roger like he literally glides on any surface he plays on whether it's hardcore clay grass the man was just unreal i mean that was at his the peak of his career where he literally, he stepped on the court, he won. It wasn't even a question of, it was at the peak of the the rivalry between him and, and Rafa. So, I mean, again, one of the classics, one I didn't see as often because I feel like they didn't really show tennis commercials unless it was during a Grand Slam, but still, uh, still a great commercial.
enjoyed it. But my knowledge of tennis was the seeing them pop up on ESPN almost every night because they were rich. Rafa and then Nadal. Well, that is Nadal. <laughs> Federer. Um, and then Joker coming later. Because the only thing I know about <laughs> tennis, man, I'm not going to front like I know a lot. Hey, no, I don't know that much either, but you and I are on that same boat. That's why we have Mike, who can serve <laughs> all the love, so to speak, if you will. Dang, look at the wordplay. So, Mike, it. what's your last one here? All right, all right. My last one is going back to a classic back from 09. It is the uh, MVP puppets or MV puppets, whatever you want to call them. Uh, but it was Kobe and, and LeBron, I guess, being roommates. And it was just utter nonsense. I mean, if you guys ever remember the show – God, it had to be like back in 97, 98. Cousin Skeeter from Nickelodeon. This was that same kind of puppet, uh, those same kind of puppets. And just the back and forth was, say, David Allen Greer as uh, Kobe and then Keenan Thompson was LeBron, which I just found out out today thanks to Roy. I had no idea who voiced him. But between the, uh, you know, was it the LeBron looking for his ring? Oh, not LeBron, sorry. Kobe looking for his three rings around the house, just really rubbing it in LeBron's face. And then uh, LeBron really putting the triple doubles in front of him. It's just like, it's cool. I mean, it's something that was fun for the whole family, if you want to say that. So I think those were different, memorable. Kind of brings a little penny to a new generation. If they, that, if you want to think of that. LeBron, I'm excited, okay? I'm ready for the Post season. Postseason. All right. Postseason back at you. Woo! Chosen one. Ohio, baby. Woo! Akron, Ohio, baby. Come on, Kobe. Let's go down the highway. Um. Get excited. Let's do it. Woo! $20 time to eat food. Playoffs, baby. Playoffs. Make some noise. Woo! Make some noise, Kobe. Come on, number 24. Woo! Beef and broccoli. Here we go. Game time, Kobe. Woo! Game time. Woo! I need a basketball in my hands. Woo! Are we done yet? I'm just getting started, baby. Yeah! Woo! Come on, come on! MVP! <laughs> yeah! 23, 2, 3! Perfect comparison, Mike. And I will always stand for Cousin Skeeter because it was the first introduction to a national-wide audience of one Megan Good. <laughs> deep cuts <laughs> random as all hell but very good to know yeah very good to know it's such a bummer though how they never really got them in the finals it's Dwight it's other people getting in the way it's either Dwight or it's the Spurs getting in the way or the Celtics uh Maybe that was Nike's call for excluding Dwight Howard on the NBA 75. He's like, you ruined our puppet, or you ruined our marketing campaign. We ruined your cred, uh, credentials and legacy. <laughs> Very well could have been. Just the same way they hit his Adidas sneakers in the 2008 uh, Olympic team team photos. So it is what it is. Any brand would do yes. that, though. Same way Nike. Oh, maybe it is just Nike. Nike also hit the Reebok logo on... The 1992 yeah, we uh, the American Michael Jordan photo. Yeah. After. Yep. Yeah. Remember that. Patriot, patriot, patriotism is awesome. <laughs> but uh, that's just some commercials. We barely even scratched the itch. We barely even touched the tip of the iceberg. Whatever other euthanism you kind of want to plug in there. There's so many. Um, so make sure you tune in next time when we kind of run through these again. 
Maybe we'll do it once a month. Ooh, Maybe it'll just be a go-to like for the next couple. Have a little sequence going on. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We're getting to that time of the year. If you're looking for somewhere to be, maybe you're feeling alone. Come join the Sneaker History Discord. We'll be your family. Down. Come on and join. I've been Robbie. You can follow me at Sneaker History. Uh, row it. Mike, where can they find you? You can uh, find me on Instagram and Twitter at MadWatcher789. You can, of course, always find me here with the guys. And find me on YouTube at Mike Guillory. Roy, tell them where you can find you, buddy. At Twitter, Rohizi. On Instagram, RoyM13. By the way, Sneaker, uh, Sneaker History Discord, we've also got a secret Santa. So hopefully if you hear this before the 21st and you join us, please sign up for that because it truly brings joy to be a part of. And not only that, you get to receive a gift from somebody you don't know that you hopefully get to know because of that gift. I got a cool pair of Nike Christmas socks last year that I'll definitely be wearing this year. Nice. So thank you, everybody. Have a good day and see you next time. Peace. See you, everybody. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.